Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 3. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the odd, the weird, the strange. Hope you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Halloween, a time for kids to dress up and go trick-or-treating for candy, or for adults to have masquerade parties, or for more serious believers to join together for strange and perhaps dark rituals. Believers in things occult feel that on Halloween night, the veil between this world of humans and the world of darker inhabitants, perhaps, ghosts, ghouls, spirits, both good and bad, and yes, some evil beings, is thinnest, allowing crossovers from one world to the next, and all manner of odd things to happen. Perhaps that's true. Perhaps it's just a vestige held over from a time when humans viewed the shortening of the hours of sunlight as a bad thing. It was viewed as a time when evil held sway until finally, in the early spring, the sun would make its triumphant return to rule over the day and banish evil into the darkness. Well, that's all well and good for a spooky bedtime or campfire story. But for me, Halloween is a time for excellently spine-tingling, nail-biting, or goosebump-inducing chills to present themselves either on the big screen or on the screen of my TV, where I can pop some corn, get a blanket, cuddle up on the couch to watch a good movie. Something about a good scary movie just fills the bill for me at Halloween. My idea of a good scary movie might not be the same as yours. I do not enjoy slasher flicks violence for the sake of violence, blood for the sake of blood. Although I do like some movies of a gorier nature at times, depending on the story. I don't like all horror films. There are some genres I just do not enjoy. So having said that, I'd like to go over a list of some scary movies I enjoy. This by no means will be an exhaustive list. I'm sure there are movies I'll forget, so bear with me. And I don't think I'll go by genre or subject or star or story. I made a list that was rather stream of consciousness oriented. So let's get to the listing. I am Dracula. One of the classics 
of horror was created in 1931, as far as movies go, that is. A Hungarian actor, Bela Lugosi, was chosen to play the role of Dracula, a role he'd played on stage in Europe. His accent was well-suited to the part. His piercing stare could make you believe he was capable of hypnotizing people with a look. The role of Dracula typecast Bela Lugosi, and it was difficult for him to find other movie roles outside the horror genre. Lugosi unfortunately passed away in 1956, but as his most famous character once said, There are far worse things waiting man than death. And Bela Lugosi lives on through his movies and in the hearts of his fans. The part of Dracula, as written by Bram Stoker, and or parts based on or outright stolen from him, have been played by almost 70 actors over the years. Hammer Films made a mint off Dracula, with Christopher Lee as the Count in serious need of some eye drops and an orthodontist. There have been comedic Draculas, Love at First Bite and Dracula Dead and Loving It, for a couple. There have been ethnic vampires, Blackula, Scream Blackula Scream, and a vampire in Brooklyn, and the Mexican vampires from the Dusk Till Dawn series, vampires of different religious backgrounds. The Fearless Vampire Killers featured a Jewish vampire, for instance, which made for a comedic scene. There have even been space vampires, the Planet of the Vampires, for one. That was a spooky one. I remember seeing that as a kid, and it stayed with me until I found a copy of it. I've watched it several times. There really isn't a lack of different types or styles or shapes or sizes of vampires, yet there's even been an adult movie casting a vampire in any of a number of teen comedies, such as Once Bitten. Carl Kolschak even hunted, fought, and eventually bested at least one vampire, probably more than two, in the Night Stalker series and, and movies. TV movies have made a good showcase for the vampire. The classic by Stephen King, Salem's Lot, is one of the spookiest TV movies about vampires. By the way, Salem's Lot is about the only Stephen King book that I have actually read all the way through except for The Shining, but Salem's Lot I got because I understand vampires. I understand the story of vampires. The Shining was okay, but it was a little, little tweaky. Lost Boys is one of the best youth-related vampire movies. In recent years, vampires have been able to twinkle in the daylight instead of going poof. I'd rather them go poof. Dracula Untold was a good retelling for me. It made an interesting story. Interview with the Vampire was an interesting story also, but it was a little too gothic and romantic for me. The TV series Dark Shadows and its recent film remake of the same name, but more humorous attitude, gave some class to being a vampire. Vampires are but one of the pantheon of movie monsters we watch and feel frightened by. 
A young woman once wrote a story while sitting by the graveside of her mother. Published in 1818, her story, Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus, became fodder for many movies and retellings through the next two centuries. Who can forget Boris Karloff as the creature? Or Peter Boyle as the creature in Young Frankenstein? You little zipper neck. Christopher Lee even played him. So did Michael Sarazen, and Robert De Niro once played him. Aaron Eckert played a version of the creature in I, Frankenstein. I say version because this creature called himself Adam, as the creature wanted to in the original story. He was sentient and articulate. Pissed off at mankind to be sure, but still not the lumbering, moaning, zombie-type beast of films past. Again, Hammer Films kept the story of Dr. Frankenstein and his creature alive by using the man who usually killed Dracula in other Hammer Films, Peter Cushing, doing honors as the misguided scientist. Ghosts, subjects of many, many movies, some fine, some not worth the cost of admission. A ghost-related movie I enjoyed, even though I realized its failings, was a movie called The Ghost Breakers with Bob Hope. It's a fun movie, but some of the time period related attitudes and words don't translate well to our PC day and age. There was an almost word-for-word remake of this movie starring Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin called Scared Stiff, but in my opinion it was somewhat of a clunker. Poltergeist 1 and 2 were good creepy stories but I've never seen number three in the series, so I can't say anything about it. A good comedy ghost story is The Ghost in Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts, who played Barney Fife on TV. The original 13 Ghosts was great. There was not a lot of special effects, except for a really strange pair of glasses which allowed the wearer to see ghosts that this man had captured and this is the 60s version, not the gory one from a few years back. Two on a Guillotine is an interesting movie. Sleepy Hollow is a good ghost, not ghost story. There is a spirit, but most of the meanness is done by humans in this telling of the Washington Irving classic. Changing it up did it little harm, and it made it a bit spookier for me. Another ghost-not-ghost story is a movie called Night Creatures, dealing with the history of smuggling on the southern coast of England. Changing in a historical story, though, folklorish though it may be, is never a good idea, and the presentation of An American Haunting pretty much turns the story of the Bell Witch of Tennessee into a very bad caricature of the facts as presented. Did the Bell Witch actually appear to kill old John Bell? Is the witch even real? I don't know the answer to either of those questions, but the person who rewrote the story to make John Bell a pervert who became a sexual predator on his own daughter or daughters truly played fast and loose with the historical accounts, which may have played fast and loose with the facts to begin with. The piece de resistance of the subject of ghost movies, in my humble opinion, is Ghostbusters 1 and 
2. We came, we saw, we kicked it. But the recent attempt at a remake wasn't bad if you had no inkling there was ever the original. Even a man who is pure in heart and said his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bang moves and the autumn moon is bright. Werewolf! Werewolf? There! What? Werewolf! A legend for many centuries is that of the werewolf, a cursed human who becomes a werewolf and exhibits qualities of wolves. Maybe fur, big teeth, claws, a penchant for killing, and a taste for blood. The Wolfman brought us Lon Chaney Jr. as the cursed Lawrence Talbot, bitten by the hairy and orthodontically overachieving Bella, played by Bella Lugosi. Chaney returns more than once to howl at the moon and ravage the countryside. Over the years, many actors have played werewolves. IMDB lists 17, but I can think of a bunch more. Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf 2, The Wolfman with Benicio Del Toro and Anthony Hopkins, Curse of the Werewolf, An American Werewolf in London and An American Werewolf in Paris, two different males and one female. Werewolf of London, before Warren Zevon's song. The Werewolf of Woodstock, which was ABC's late night offering. A really weird story. Of course, Carl Kolchak, hunting and being hunted by a werewolf on a soon-to-be-retired ship. The Werewolf of Washington. Moon of the Wolf, which is a Bayou-based werewolf. I guarantee you, you're gonna like that one. Uh-huh. The Lugaru. The Howling, which is the best of the litter, and its follow-ups. Silver Bullet, which is another Stephen King gem. The entire Emo Chick series, Ginger Snaps. Dog Soldiers is a particularly wicked movie. Wolves, with Lucas Till from MacGyver and Jason Momoa from Aquaman has some pretty tense familial struggles. Wolfen was a boogery, scary book and becomes a somewhat psychedelic movie about intelligent wolves or shapeshifters taking over part of New York City. Shoulda, coulda, woulda been werewolf movies have been good at misdirection. She-Wolf of London, starring Timmy's mom from Lassie and Mrs. Robinson from Lost in Space same person. Cry of the Wolf, which was a big game hunter who led the area he lived in to believe there was a werewolf on the prowl, but it's just him. Brotherhood of the Wolf, based on the French legend of the Beast of Gévaudan. This beast turns out to be a specially trained and armored lion, I believe it was. It was never openly shown. The advent and continued testing of nuclear power gave movie moguls and other types a whole new genre to play with. Atomically mutated critters, insects, and animals. The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms gave us a really ticked-off lizard taking his frustrations out on New York City. 
after the military shot it a hundred million times, it's bleeding and the blood makes the military sick, makes everybody get a reptovirus. It finally meets its end on Coney Island via a warhead delivered from the roller coaster. Now, I told you those rides are dangerous. There's a giant and extremely irritated octopus in another movie that tears up another metropolitan area. After the immense amphibians and sea creatures get done, the insects take over. Tarantula, the black scorpion, them, which are picnic ruining ants for sure, the deadly mantis, the giant Gila monster, Earth versus the spider, swarms of giant grasshoppers. This trend of avenging nature continued into the 70s with a bunch of deadly killer bee movies and food of the gods. Animals get a hold of a wonder growth formula and grow to many times their normal sizes. And who could forget Night of the Lepus with their semi-truck sized rabbits or frogs? Kind of makes you want to stay indoors, don't it? And of course, Jaws made you want to stay out of the water. And sometimes there's just boogers out there in them woods, such as The Legend of Boggy Creek and other Bigfoot and Swamp Booger movies. Nature took its own revenge a number of times in different ways. Most recently, it was The Happening, where a strange plague causes people to commit suicide. I guess The Mist is similar except there are critters out there in the mist. The Andromeda strain is along these lines when a released chemical kills all but two citizens of a small town. When the evil creature preying on people turns out to be human, in form anyway, it makes for a much scarier type of situation. Where's the danger going to come from? Is the guy next to you nuts, or is he a savior? Michael Myers was just a little boy before he witnessed his sister and her boyfriend having relations. Then he snapped and knifed her to death. Jason Voorhees was the victim of counselor neglect when he died at Camp Crystal Lake. The first time, anyway. Leatherface just had a totally messed up family dynamic and it affected his dealings with others. Norman Bates was a mama's boy, but who's to blame for him? The Phantom in the town that dreaded sundown was an unknown quantity. That's what made him so frightening. And Freddy? Well, Freddy's just high on the creepy chart. Science fact has led some off the path into science fiction. Wicked beasties from outer space create havoc here and there. Earth versus the Flying Saucers, The Day the Earth Stood Still, The War of the Worlds, The Green Slime, even Planet Nine from Outer Space, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Thing from Another World, It's Illegitimate Spawn the Thing, and It's Even More Illegitimate Spawn the Thing from 2011, 20 Million Miles to Earth, Mars Attacks, you remember Mars Attacks. Imagine though those poor aliens meeting their gruesome deaths by Slim Whitman record. 
predator made us question the whole trophy hunting industry, especially since we were the trophies being hunted by an extraterrestrial game hunter. And Rowdy Roddy Piper came to chew gum and kick some um, buttocks, as Forrest Gump might say, in the movie They Live. But if you'll remember, he was all out of gum. TV gave us The Invaders and V, among others. Paranormal, supernatural, voodoo, pagan worship, black magic. They've all added to our skin crawling and chills down our spine. One of the spookiest movies in this area is a TV movie called The Norless Tapes. Zombies Attack in Shaun of the Dead, which is a lighthearted look at zombie apocalyptic movies. Zombieland is another, but they killed Bill Murray in it. And then, in the paranormal black magic arena, I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Yes, The Exorcist, where little Reagan took Keep Your Head on a Swivel seriously. I did not see The Exorcist until about 15 years after it came out, so 1988-ish, somewhere around there. And once I did, I literally shrugged my shoulders because I didn't get it. I mean, I understood the possession and the exorcism and things like that, but I just didn't get the hype of the movie. Others followed, though. TV once again provided a fright with The Dark Secret of Harvest Home, a very supernatural thriller about a rural New England village and its rituals and beliefs. Another TV movie was called Something Evil with Darren McGavin, not playing Carl Kolshak, about strange goings-on in a rural Pennsylvania village and its rituals and beliefs. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Well, back to the big screen with The Devil's Reign, notable for an early appearance by John Travolta. Of course, The Omen was a chiller, made more so by its music. The Sentinel was a weird movie. A very good movie was The Legend of Hell House. Sometimes the fright comes from our past. Boris Karloff scared moviegoers witless with The Mummy, but sequels began stacking up and pretty soon we had mummies coming out our ears. Starting in the 30s, less than 10 years after the sensational find of Tutankhamun's tomb and the riches it held, mummies became steady box office income. The 30s, the 40s, the 50s, maybe not so much in the 60s and 70s, but then it kicked off in the 80s and 90s and on into modern times. The recent triple movie series of The Mummy was a fairly decent mummy movie series. The Tom Cruise mummy movie was a little too hard to take as an aficionado, but I could forgive a lot about it by accepting it as a standalone and not comparing it with previous films. Yeah, the mold and mildew set made it big in movie land. Many great mummy movies, 
many clunkers, some just mediocre, while some were really good. There were even a couple fairly decent mummy representations on TV. Disney presented their first made-for-TV movie in Under Wraps, about some kids who find, then adopt, a living mummy, then help him get reunited with his really long-time love. Back in the 80s, NBC ran Amazing Stories, which was an anthology series. One of the shows was one of the funniest, scary mummy shows called Mummy Daddy that I have ever watched. It's only about 20 or 30 minutes long, but it'll make you howl. I know that I'm missing a lot of movies, and I'm sorry, but I did say it was not going to be an exhaustive list. I do want to remember two family-oriented TV shows, though, if your family happened to be full of monsters. The Monsters, which I think was the best, and The Addams Family and their movies are growing on me. I wrote a list of movies, so I'll just go over the list with some comments now. Okay, we covered The Exorcist and The Legend of a Hill House. We covered The Howling and its 47 sequels. Wolfen. Oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I forgot to mention that. That's a good movie. That's great. It's, it's very well presented, even if Keanu Reeves tries to do a British accent. I mentioned Dog Soldiers. A cute little movie, Trick or Treat. Strange film. Strange film. There has to be a little something else in the candy to make you watch it and, and understand it. I mentioned The Lost Boys. I did not mention The Creature from the Black Lagoon or its two follow-up movies. That poor guy in that suit, he almost died. It was a good movie for a monster, a creature. There were a couple of movies starring Vincent Price, uh, more than a couple, but these two in particular. Abominable Dr. Fibes and Dr. Fibes Rises Again. Weird, strange movies. They're, they're excellent, but they're weird. I mentioned 1982's The Thing, Poltergeist, An American Werewolf in London and Paris, uh, Fright Night 1 and 2 with Roddy McDowell as the vampire killer of the movies. Uh, both of them were fairly interesting. They were really, really good. The Shining. I mentioned that in passing earlier. The Shining was one of those, what do you do with this kind of story? Uh, Halloween, the originals, 1978 and, and following. That's Halloween 1, Halloween 2, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, the third one had nothing to do with the other two, but they were good movies. Uh, I did mention 1931's Dracula, but I thought 1979's Dracula with Frank Langella playing the Count to be a really good movie. Of course, the original Mummy, um, Hammer Horror, which were the Draculas and the Frankensteins. For laughs, I mentioned Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, Ghost of Mr. Chicken, and Teen Wolf. I mentioned Curse of the Werewolf and the Wolfman with uh, Benicio Del Toro. And the Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original. Not the one from the 70s. I thought that was a little weird. 
uh, Fearless Vampire Killers for Laughs, which is a, a really good movie. It's got Sharon Tate in it. You ought to see it just for that. Uh, Planet of the Vampires is an Italian movie, but it's spooky. It's just weird. Shot on the soundstage, you could tell, but still it's good. Uh, TV movies, Salem's Lot, Dark Night of the Scarecrow, Dark Secret of Harvest Home, The Midnight Hour, which was presented the day after Halloween back in 1985, but it's got a killer soundtrack, plus it's got Wolfman Jack doing the radio. Uh, mentioned Under Wraps and Mummy Daddy. Halloween Town 1, 2, 3, 4, 10, 12, whatever. Halloween Town's a pretty nice little Halloween story. Of course, Sleepy Hollow, The Ghost Breakers, Scared Stiff, Jack the Ripper was a TV movie that Michael Caine was in um, back in 90 or 95, something like that. It was good. Uh, really interesting. Uh, the New Mummies, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, taken from a book by a man named John Stakely. Let me tell you, the book was excellent. The movie could only do a, a minuscule fraction of the book, but they took some of the better parts of it. Of course, anything to do with Shack. Rocky Horror Picture Show, not necessarily scary, but it's got some there. Little Shop of Horrors. Feed me, Seymour! Um, a movie called The Killing Box about zombies raised during the Civil War was an interesting film. I mentioned Night Creatures and Them and The Black Scorpion and The Deadly Menace and Tarantula and Earth vs. the Spider and The Giant Gila Monster. Uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles was a really good movie. That's the one with, um, I think it's Peter Cushing playing Sherlock Holmes and um, Christopher Lee as Sir Henry Baskerville. A movie called Ghost Ship, if you've never seen it, you ought to watch it. It will mess with your mind. Um, of course, I mentioned From Dusk Till Dawn, and I've seen, I think, three of those, and they were pretty good. A cartoon, Frank and Weenie. I mentioned Mars Attacks, another cartoon, Paranorman, which is kind of strange. A movie called Super 8 about um, science and stuff like that. Dark Shadows. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was an excellent film. And of course, ended all with Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Well, that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I thank you for being along for the ride and be with me next week as we come back with another story or another group of stories for Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter brings you Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, which is listener stories that Aaron tells, mostly ghost stories. And on Tuesdays, we have Aaron Frail with Aaron's Horror Show, where he reviews horror movies, different books, uh, things that he's written. And on Wednesdays, it's me, Terry's Mysterious Moments, with me, Terry from Texas, 
where we cover just about anything you can think of. And on alternating Thursdays or every other Thursday, however you want to look at that, we have Patrick Sean Jones with the Sandman Lullaby. We also have video productions on the first Friday of the month from Full Dark Productions, from The Witching Hour, and from Unexplained Cases. Also remember that you can go to your app store, whether you have an Apple or an Android. You can go to your app store, look for the RPA app. It's a black square with a blue eye right in the middle of it. You can't miss it. And you can download that app, install it into the device you listen to the programs on. And that way you will not have to go looking for the programs. They'll be right there. Do that. It'll be a lot easier for you to get to the stories. That's about it. I hope everybody has a good week. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>